Hey everyone, you're listening to the Mandalorian Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. And today is chapter 8. Redemption. Redemption. This is a final chapter of season season 1. And it was or book one would it be a book? Because they call it chapter. I don't know. I don't, this season. This is what it's called. Season. <laughs> yeah. So it was very quick. It went by quick. All the whole season went by pretty quick, and it was kind of we we're excited for it, but at the same time we're sad because season two is probably not going to come out till September or October of. Yeah, they just said. Uh, what did they just tweet out like fall or something like that? Yeah, fall. Uh, John Favreau said fall 2020, so we're hoping that's going to be like September, October rather than November, even though November still fall, but yeah. But anyway, to jump into this episode, it was, it was a good episode. It was really good. It was my favorite episode. Yeah. Oh man, it was, it has to be right. I don't know. I don't know. Last episode was really good, but this one was really good too. I just don't know what would beat this episode because it was, the thing that was great about these last two episodes was that they were very closely like back-to-back episodes that like were one story because you know we talked about how previous episodes are all kind of standalone yeah this one was like they're really bam bam one story plot especially like combining everything from the whole season together so yeah this is very like they ended the last episode with that that cliffhanger of um, the child, Baby Yoda, whatever you want to call it, getting captured, and then, bam, they started right off that gate with those speeders um, going out. And it was, like, a really cool just going right into it. Like, they left you hanging for over a week. A week and two days, actually. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were so excited for episode nine that we forgot that our child was captured and what is, what happened to him. And yep. People were just going on about their week yep. and not realizing that this whole time the yeah. child could have died. I was stressed out the whole week. I was freaking out. But not really, honestly, because I figured, well, I don't know, actually. What? Did you ever think that they weren't going to get him back? I thought that it could have happened where uh, Moff Gideon got away with Yoda and season two was them. Trying to get it the whole time. Okay, but I thought I would have been surprised if that would have happened. That's true. But you know, it's it could have gone either way, and I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah, I like the route that they went with it. I like that we didn't have a giant. I mean, we'll get to it, but we didn't have like a giant cliffhanger with the next season. But anywho, we're gonna just like normal Mandalorian podcast. Um, we're gonna dive into it. Um, Jeremiah is gonna take us scene by scene. Pretty much, I guess you could say. Yep. And we're going to just tear it apart and go over everything about it. So, here we go. Yeah, so those two scout troopers on the speeders, they, at the beginning, they stop. They collect, it, collect the baby and then stop at a rendezvous point, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting. And that was, that, that whole was, scene was... That scene was hilarious. Was it was so probably my favorite funny. scene, it was, for sure. It was the... Probably the funniest part of the whole season, and I would say it's one of the funniest parts of like all of Star all Wars. Star Wars. Like, it was just- Especially <laughs> when they like when they're talking, it was like I could see how people could potentially be upset because they didn't really feel like Star Wars that much. But I think what 
for me that sealed it why i loved it so much is when they started shooting yeah and they were horrible and like <laughs> i know you were saying that maybe it's just their guns are bad but for me it just like it just like was, it, it just was making fun of them. yeah it was meant to make fun of them but it's just like how can they stormtroopers collectively be so bad like it's just i understand like Origin the original trilogy, it was more of like the effects that they were having, like shooting effects. Yeah, yeah. They weren't supposed to be interpreted as being a bad shot. It's just kind of what Star Wars fandom has created it to be. It so, was a very fan push. A nod to fan like culture of like very how hard. They talk about <laughs> stormtroopers. And even earlier in the season, uh when um Oh, what what's his name? The guy from the comedian actor Bill Burr, his character, mm-hmm. like he, he was like a oh yeah, a yeah. sharpshooter because he was a sharpshooter for the like, Empire. Oh, you were a stormtrooper. I wasn't a stormtrooper. Yeah. So like early on in the series, like halfway through, like they're like already making fun of stormtrooper shooting, and then this yeah. one they just kind of went all out, like <laughs> like all out, like they're shooting something super small, super close to them, and they couldn't even hit it. And they were both like looking at each other, and then the second guy started shooting too, and they're just so trash. It was so funny. That was like probably my favorite part. Of the, one of the, my favorite parts of this episode was yeah. that interaction with those two dumb like stormtroopers. Yeah, and, and so then like the one stormtrooper punches the Yoda base so hard. So dude. hard. And you know who that actor was, though? I I, I, I saw who it was. Uh, um, I believe it was Jason Sudeikis. Yep. Who is, uh, he's from SNL, and he does other stuff. And apparently, like, online, like Twitter, people are just... Going at him. They're, like, like hating on him. Like, like, they're not, like, the baby. they're not, like, mad. They're just more, like, trolling him because yeah. of it. That doesn't they're surprise like, me. They're, like, cancel culture, cancel him. <laughs> can't, can't be in any more movies or shows. His career's over. Child abuse at its <laughs> finest. But I couldn't. I couldn't believe that they punched the baby so hard, like twice. <laughs> well, they were like hit him, like they quiet him or whatever. But like that one punch was just like super hard. He put like all his weight into that punch. Yeah, because the one guy punched him right, and then the other guy punched him. Well, the the first guy that was holding him punched him. Twice, and then the other guy punched him once. Yeah, and that that third punch was the hardest one. Yeah. And then after that, we were like, screw these guys. And then that's when IG-11 steps into the scene. That scene was supposed to make us hate them, and it worked very well. Yeah. First, we loved them because it was so funny. Yeah. Then immediately, we hated them. And then when we want them to die, IG-11 walks in and says... I am a nurse droid. This is like I'm supposed to take care of this baby and I will protect it if I have to. And he just, he just, uh, how did he kill the first guy? He, oh, he twisted, he, he broke twist his arm, twist and his broke, arm it. broke his arm and like flipped him over and slammed him on the ground. And then he grabs the other guy by the helmet and it's like pounded him three times on his speeder. And then he gets on the other speeder with baby Yoda in a satchel. Yeah, I loved how he did it, though. It was super smooth. The fighting style was really legit. And he just, like, beat him, and then he grabbed the other guy and smashed him twice into the um, spear. I don't even know if... Do we know that they died? Like, those weren't, like, death. Yeah. The the second guy could have died because he was smashed really hard three times. That first guy, he just had probably broken arm, shoulder type thing. But but then IG-11, he storms into the... 
the town on the speeder and it starts shooting going to town crazy shots and then like when he like gets to the main open area where there's like a hundred stormtroopers like he like jumps off and like his slide on the ground while he's shooting was super mm-hmm. super cool i really that, like that that was like one of my other favorite parts of this um episode was when he did that he left the spear and slid with baby yoda in front of him and just was still shooting behind him and how he switched Baby Yoda in the middle of it so he didn't get shot yeah. back and forth. It was yeah. it was really smooth, like the way it was like given to us, and also just the way that Ijin Eleven's uh, like fighting style, like the way that they approached it as like a droid. I thought throughout this whole series, this is really cool because we never got to see an IG unit do anything. Because yeah. even in episode what was that five, right? Yeah. Chapter five or right, episode five. Um, we saw IG-88, who was apparently supposed to be working with Boba or has worked with Boba. Not really sure. Like, there's a lot of, like, can like non-canon stuff with them two together. But, anyways, like, we never got to see, actually, how yeah, he worked. Yeah, I know there was, there was like, a, a story arc in the Clone Wars. Was there I, I, an I IG unit? I, or was it IG-88? I, th- I can't remember. I remember it was, like... It was like a group of bounty hunters that were put to like a challenge to be like who's the best, like a, like a kind of an obstacle course and like they had to like problem solve and stuff. And I thought IG eighty eight was one of them. He was in there with like Bosk and oh really and all that. But I can't remember. But w- there wasn't really a lot of shooting in now. It was more of like problem solving obstacle course type thing. I'll have to go rewatch it. Then I'm kind of like skipping around Clone Wars, rewatching stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, I should I should watch that. I haven't seen that episode. I've only seen some Clone Wars. I really need to just yeah, binge it, dude. Sit down. I just need a day off. That <laughs> that's not in Disneyland or any of that <laughs> crazy stuff. Because I had ten days off, but they were all filled with a lot of craziness. So not really a day off. But yeah, I think just the way though, if if we haven't seen it before, I haven't seen it before, and I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it before, but the way that they approach his character and approach, like, the way he spins, shoots, and, like, he can stay in still one spot but get all, like, gold 360 around his whole body, like, that's just such a cool way to go about um, a droid, battle droid, like, yeah. fighting droid that we haven't seen, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so... Before this, all this IG Eleven mayhem, um, this is when um, the Mandalorian, Grief, and Kara—they're in the the Katina still, and they're kind of like talking with Moff Gideon back and forth, but and trying to like figure out a plan, what's going to happen, blah blah blah. And what was really interesting was how Moff Gideon knew like every detail about the three in the Katina. That was really interesting. And it's how he described them as like failures and all that stuff. And we learned that um, one of the details of Kara is that she's from Alderaan, mm-hmm. which really That opens adds the door a lot, for a lot of things. That adds a lot to her backstory. Just saying where she's from because her home planet was the first planet destroyed by the Death Star. Like that was like, the first and only. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, technically. And yeah. so, like, 
her and she has no people. Yep. And we we assume that all of her friends and family were on there too probably and all mm-hmm. died and that's why she joined the rebellion because she wanted to get revenge. And, it, and like like kind of like I said last episode like we could see how much anger he she had towards him cuz she wasn't willing to work with the Mandalorian at all. Yeah. And but then as soon as she said Empire, as soon as he said Empire like she's like I'm in. Then she's like 100% in and then when they said that and this I'm like oh that makes 100% sense. Yeah, and so like I was just wondering if she happens to know Princess Leia since they're from the same planet. And obviously there's millions and millions of people on that planet. But, yeah. But if, if Princess Leia is the daughter of a, a senator and she's kind of known. Well, and she technically worked under her, right? And ranking. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe, yeah. They probably cross paths as like rebellion members but you're saying previously before the destruction of alderaan Hmm. did they know each other i think it's cool because i think the the actress is is like at this time probably like she's probably like 30 she's in her 30s i think as an actress and so she would be as a character in star wars she's a little bit older than princess leia yeah at this time princess leia would be about 25 years old i believe because she would have been 19 in A New Hope. And this is, well, no. plus four, plus five, so nine. So Princess Leia is probably in upper upper 20s. Mm-hmm. So They'd be really close. So maybe like Kara like babysat Princess Leia or something. Yeah, it would be interesting. <laughs> it would be also interesting to see how much. There's probably a number count, right, of how many people actually survived Alderaan. There might be. I have no idea. So I was just wondering. It'd be interesting to find out, like, maybe she was on that ship with Leia. Like, I, and, I doubt that. I mean, I, who knows, though? Because they were going to Alderaan, weren't they? I think they were just going there just because they had Princess Leia, right? Yes, I think so. Because they were going to bring the plans to Alderaan, I think, to get to Princess Leia's father right was, was she that well yeah because but originally it was she was going to tatooine to get obi-wan yes to get the help to bring it to alderaan yes which is a weird roundabout way which she could just went directly to alderaan in the first place which i didn't understand yeah that's or one of maybe things i don't understand about hmm, that movie but maybe she wasn't really going to alderaan because yeah, cause she just said that's what she was doing to try to get away from them. Right? Well, yeah, but in the, the little like recording that plays, I don't know. We're kind of going... We're, we're going, going on a little tangent. Yeah. So we're but just wondering anyway, if the two knew each they other. They could potentially know each other. That's what we're trying to say. Yep, but, and then also with all this, with the details of these people, uh, we learn in show uh, the name of the man was Din Jaren. Mm-hmm. And so I think... It was posted online, like in credits and stuff, or in the credits. Oh, really? That his name was Din Djarin, but this is the first time it's like spoke. I've been trying to stay away from all that stuff because I know that there's other mediums that have said that they know what his name is and they have like spoiled it or like said it, but like I've been trying to stay away from all that. So I had no idea what his name was. Also, his name doesn't really mean anything, right? No. It's not. The only thing that it means is shows that his last name's not a clan. So, like, 100%. 
confirms, even though he already has in the previous episodes, that he is not a Mandalorian people. Yeah. But it also shows, like, in this episode, we find out that the galaxy doesn't, not everyone in the galaxy understands that the Mandalorian people is not just a people group anymore. It's a... It's a creed. It's a creed. Which is an interesting way of of describing it. Because, like, we were kind of, like, it was hinted at that, because, like, this is the way, this is the way mm-hmm. it was always say, said, and we knew it was, like, people being adopted into the Mandalorian family, so we knew there was, like, a philosophy-type thing that... Almost like a, a religion. Belief, a belief system with the people. But to have it specifically stated, they're not a race, it's a creed. Like, it adds just a more direct understanding of how the Mandalorian people work, that they don't see themselves as a race. Which is interesting because that's that means they're open to anyone joining their ranks mm-hmm. as long as they will submit to the philosophy, the creed. Mm-hmm. Like, even Baby Yoda, or whatever you want to call it. I call it the child, but everyone else calls it Baby Yoda, so sometimes it's I say both. It's supposed to be the child. That's but, what you're supposed to call it. But um, if he even he could put on a a helmet. Yeah. They would just need two ear holes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is all, it's all, it's all interesting. It just adds more to the Mandalorian lore and story that I think is this. It just adds so much more depth. Do you like it as someone who has like followed the Mandalorian people group for a while and like seen it in like other previous mediums and stuff like that? Do you enjoy this roundabout way they're going with it? Because they're kind of like, I, I want to say they're getting rid of the old stuff with Mandalorian that we have gotten, but they're kind of in the sense of like with this whole Creed way. I don't know. They're, they're, they're trying to, I think it's more about re- it goes back to, in the Clone Wars, about Death Watch. Um, yeah. So Death Watch, in the time of the Clone Wars, Mandalore was, uh, they left their warrior ways and they were pacifists. And Death Watch was like, no, we're going to restore who we are as a people to this warrior lifestyle, the, to the warrior identity. And I think that this is kind of doing that again it's going off that because um when we see the full story of din Djarin as a kid and how he was rescued mm-hmm. the people that rescue him was death watch when you look at the armor it's the same color oh, as the armor and yeah. they have a i thought it was but yeah but then they have a symbol it's like a it's kind of like like the monster energy drink symbol like the three stripes but mm-hmm. they're kind of connected and so they had those, and so this was that's a Death Watch um, clan or what's Death Watch what's is the term they use for um, those symbols that they have on the side of their armor. I don't think the term is just their their signet, I guess, or their signet. Yeah, probably that's their, the term. It's probably just their signet for Death Watch. They're wanting to restore Mandalore to their former ways, mm-hmm. and so the fact that. Um, the Mandalorian was rescued by these and then adopted into this. He, he's just piggybacking on what was happening during the Clone Wars with Death Watch. Yeah. And so it's him being part of the Mandalorian Creed now is just following the path of Death Watch. Yeah. And um, I do know, like, the the, the heavy-duty um, Mandalorian that we saw, like, in the episode, Chapter 3, mm-hmm. Um. In the credits, his name is—he's a Visla. 
mm-hmm. and Pre Visla was the leader of of Death Watch. Yeah, and so it's just and his blue was closer to the Death Watch. His blue on his yeah. his armor. Yeah, and so it's it's very it's just so I don't think they're trying to change anything. They're just adding to the already established canon in Star Wars Rebels, or I mean Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah, and so I like that, and they do it in such a way where if you didn't watch Clone Wars. You can still pick up on... You don't of, need to know really anything about Mandalorian people. And like... Except for when we get to the last scene, then... But not really. Yeah. I mean... It, there's there's a lot to that. There is... Okay, there is for us. But as a viewer, if you didn't know anything about that, it's just a really cool scene. Like, you don't need to know... Yeah, but a lot of people were confused about that because they had no really? idea what it was. I even posted on Facebook. I saw that you posted it. Up. I'm like, if you don't know what this means, like, message, message me. me. I want to talk about it. Yeah. And so a couple people messaged me. Oh, for real? Yeah. And so um, shout out to Mike Taylor because he messaged me and he wanted me to send him the link of this uh, podcast when we write. So if you're listening, Mike, hey, what's up? What up, what up? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just like the story of the Mandalorian culture and history that's being fleshed out. Um yeah, I think it's really cool. The route the route that they're going with the Mandalorian is seriously the best content that we've had from Disney from the beginning. Like it's so good. And like even like watching, like viewing it, like I said last week, like viewing it from a perspective of someone that doesn't know anything about Star Wars. And like my my brother-in-law came over yesterday and he was like talking to me about this last episode and we, he did ask me what the dark saber was and stuff like that. And so I told him, but he's like, yeah, I liked it so much. I had to watch it. Force awakens. And he's like, I watched Force awakens. I'm going through, uh, Oh, what's it called? He's like, I'm working my way through the last Jedi. It's really hard, but I'm working <laughs> my way through it. And then me and him this coming up week, we're going to go watch rise of Skywalker together. I was like, Oh, I'll go with you. He's like, but you already saw it twice. I'm like, so we're yeah. gonna watch it a thousand times before what are you we die. About? <laughs> I don't understand the problem here. <laughs> yeah. So um, back into the the episode now. Um, so IG eighty eight or IG eleven goes in. He's wreaking havoc, and this is where um, the Mandalorian and Cardoon and uh, Grief they start fighting their way out too. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, Kara, she has a big heavy-duty machine gun, and she's just mowing people down, and Grief is out there with his pistol shooting people, and um, the Mandalorian, he grabs the, the big heavy mounted machine gun, the, the E-Web, they call it, and he's he did that in the first chapter when he went with getting the the the, the bounty. Yep. He picked the same thing up and started just mowing everyone down, and so, well, actually... The, the first one he had it, it on, was mounted. It was still mounted, but this one he just picked it up and it started shooting. Yeah. So that was just he was just buff. Like you can tell he's just super strong because that thing's that thing probably weighed over a hundred pounds. That thing is not supposed to be lifted up. That's lifted why it's mounted. <laughs> and so that was just and we knew I I could just tell something was something bad was gonna happen. Like to him, to something like someone was gonna die or something. So we see. Um, Moff Gideon come on, he shoots him in the back of the head. And then he shoots the, the energy source of the E-Web before the Mandalorian can take his shot in return and blows up and the Mandalorian's just wrecked. He's just out. Yeah. And he's hurt. And so 
he's injured. They get he gets dragged back into the Katina with uh, um, Kara, the Yoda baby, IG Eleven, and Grief, and they're trying to figure out to get out. And they know there's a, there's sewer line that they're trying to get into, and uh, Din Jaren is just laying on the ground like, I'm not gonna make it. Gotta go. Keep the baby safe. Uh, the Mandalorians, they're they're in the the sewers. Uh, show them this necklace. I have this little. He has the the, the, the emblem. The emblem. The um, mythosaurs. I guess that's what mm-hmm. it's called. They um, they'll they'll take care of you if they know if you have, show them this and then tell them yeah. that I sent you. And um, Kara's like, no, we can we can try and help you now. Like, let me take your helmet off. He's like, no, I'd rather die. Like, yeah, don't take my I'm, helmet off. That's how dedicated he is. Like he. Would rather bleed out from a head injury than to even uh, to have his helmet taken off. He would yeah. rather just bleed out. He'd rather die as a Mandalorian than to lose, than be healed and lose his his uh, status as a yeah. Mandalorian. Which, yeah, even looking back to like that one episode when he like took it off and potentially front of those yeah kids I, like I, I still can't believe he did that because the kids just turned around some but yeah but he maybe he just knew that they weren't going to i don't know but it just i just love that relationship that he has with his people like or with his new people now like they saved him and he's gonna die with his helmet on like that's yeah. gonna happen yeah so and so he keeps insisting and so um ig 11's like i'll stay with them Oh, wait, wait. before this happens, well, while this is all happening, they have a flame trooper come in and is just burning Burn. the whole thing down. Yeah, this is while that's happening. Yeah, this is while this is happening, and everything's on fire, and um, the flame trooper comes into the door, and Baby Yoda stands up, catches the flame, and throws it back. It. And so, this is a big spoiler for Rebels if you haven't seen. So, three, two, one, spoilers. Wait, fast forward a minute if you don't want to get spoiled, <laughs> but. Um, Kanan Jarrus dies by doing the same thing. Oh, yep. He mm-hmm. holds back this massive flame explosion to save his crew. And that is probably my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. Interesting. Is, is that scene. Because it's you track these characters and you get so emotionally attached to them all these seasons. Mm-hmm. And... Him doing that was just super intense, and he knew he was gonna die. And like, it's my favorite scene in the entire Star Wars canon. And Baby Yoda does a similar thing. It's a much smaller scale because yeah, he was smaller. holding back this giant, giant explosion. And yeah, but Yoda, baby, he was able to hold it back, and then he's able to push the flame back and kill the. And the flame trooper, and yeah. I was like, and then he passes out because he uses all of his. Yeah, and so of course he passed it out, and like we all knew that he was gonna pass out. Yeah, but I think it was just it just shows you how much power he has. Yeah, as someone has no, I mean, formal as training. We, we know, I as guess, far as we know, he has no as as training, and he's still able to do that, and so it just adds to the potential of what he could be in the future with his force abilities. And so, after this, this is when they all go into the, the sewers and IG-11 stays back. And he's like, I can, I'm a nurse droid now. I can take care of you. And he's about to take the helmet off. And he's like, don't do that. I haven't 
let any living being see me with my helmet off since I and, put this on. And still to this point, he does not trust yeah. IG-11 at all. And, and IG-11's smart enough. He's like, I'm not a living being. Mm-hmm. And then the, the man was like, yeah, you're right. And so he takes off the helmet and does a I mean, back. He didn't say that. He just. Yeah. Just like, sub- Submitted. Yeah. And IG-11 does a back to spray and says, this will heal you in a matter of hours. Yep. A couple hours. And so it was just a really cool scene with his relationship with the droids because he's hated droids his whole life because they killed his family. And now he trusts his life to a droid. And I don't even know if he trusted his life. I, I got the impression that he was, the droid was just going to do it. And like, he was just, whatever. At this point, just do it. And if it works, then it works. If not, then I'm going to die. Put my mask back on. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it was, he, it didn't feel like the Mandalorian was in a desperate situation where if this doesn't work, he's like so sad and angry. Like, he just was this he just surrendered in a sense and let it happen. And then it clearly worked like pretty quickly, actually. Like, yeah, but it was good. And so they, they go into the tunnels and so Kara and grief are down there. And then, um, with the child, with the child. And then IG 11 and the Mandalorian, they, they meet up in, in the sewers and they're like, we can't get any, this is like a maze. And, and Din Djarin's like, yeah, like, I only know how to get there from a specific entry point. And so he's, they're trying to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And they come to a pile of Mandalorian armor. Helmets and all their shield, like... It was really sad. And it was just like, oh, no, this is terrible. Like, what happened? And then immediately Din Djarin's like, Grief, did you and your men do this? And they're, they're kind of arguing and... Grief was like, no, I did not do this. He was very firm that like, he didn't do this. And then we hear um, the forger lady of the Mandalorians come out, and she's like, it wasn't him. Yeah, because he was afraid that the him or Slash, the, all the bounty hunters, did this to all the Mandalorian yeah. people. And he didn't believe them, and then he only believed because the forge lady came out. Yeah. Which we don't ever get a name of her, right? No, but when we were watching it the second time with the subtitles, mm-hmm. she was named the Armorer. Oh, okay. Which is a lame. It's a very lame. I'd rather have been a forger. would have been a better thing. Yeah, the Armorer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so she tells that, like, you know, after, after Din Djarin left, the Imperials came and they did this. This was the Imperials that that sought these Mandalorians and killed them. And then Jaren's like, well, did anyone escape? Did anyone survive? And she's like, I hope so. And, but she doesn't know. But yeah. She just knows that most of them got killed. And she's just trying to salvage what she can from the, the armor. And they go into the, back into the foraging room and she, is interested in this, the Yoda baby. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a, this is the scene that probably adds to what's going to happen in season two because, you know, she's like, he's not our enemy. He's our, he's a, a foundling mm-hmm. and he's under your care now. And you are, she said these words that you will, you are now like his father. Yeah. And, um, which is pretty powerful. I mean, we kind of already felt that like throughout this season, right? Like, I kind of oh, yeah. said it last week. Like, I feel like 
as much as because we were saying that when uh, he was afraid that what's her name was gonna beat him in arm wrestling and oh, he yeah. choked her out. Like I felt like she he is just as worried about the Mandalorian safety as the Mandalorians for the child's. But at this point, like she pretty much confirmed that he has to take care of him until either the child's back with his family or, or is of age or to of accept age the creed. to accept the creed. And so that it's that's interesting that that's their philosophy of a foundling is mm-hmm. there's two options that the you can return the child to to his or her people or their family or planet or whatever whoever the foundling's from if you, you can return them or if they choose to stay they can join the Mandalorian creed which is a, an interesting addition to the the foundling philosophy yeah it like it it's just fixing that lore, like you said, like building onto that lore so much that it's to the point where, like, they're willing to accept anyone. Like you said, like those Mandalorian helmets with the giant ears are gonna be really cool. I probably <laughs> will buy one of those helmets. Oh gosh, because it'll be dope. <laughs> yeah, and so, but, but it's interesting because then Jaren's like, this this child can move things yeah. with its mind, and. And she knew about yeah, this. Yeah, she's like, I, I I, know of such things. You know, the Mandalorians have a history with sorcerers that called themselves Jedi. Jedis. She said the word Jedi. And that was the first time we got the word Jedi yeah. in the Mandalorian, which was a pretty key moment, I feel like. And the thing is, I still am surprised that Din Djarin doesn't know about Jedi at this point. I think they just didn't want to tell the new foundlings about Jedi's. But it's just, it's but the whole thing is a, a history of a people. It's so ingrained in their history that they used to fight Jedi. But and what also kind of is weird to me too that what's her name doesn't um Cara Dune doesn't know anything about Jedi's if she worked that alongside the re- the um rebels like sh- wouldn't she know about the story of Luke like he's gonna be on the new dollar bill like he should know <laughs> about it's like an ongoing joke in this series but like he should she should know about Luke right and from like the newest episode spoilers like Leia was also training so yeah. she was very connected like, with the rebel alliance like, and like higher up. To the point where people are worried about her and they know her and recognize her, like the Empire recognizes her, then she should know at least about Luke. That was a key point in... Yeah, I wonder though... Or also Vader. The galaxy is afraid of Vader. This black being using force chokes on people. Even then, Darth Vader is still, still a mystery to a lot of people. And like even... Like, I don't know. It's it's very interesting that like, like you brought up that she would know about Luke. But I, looking back at those films, like original three, like what was, how was Luke portrayed to the rest of the Rebel forces? Yeah, and I. That's true. Was he still keeping his identity secret though? At that point, like. Like, obviously, Han knew, Leia knew, yeah. Chewbacca knew. I guess, yeah, I guess people would, they didn't really shout it from the rooftops that Luke can lift an X-Wing fighter out of a swamp. Like, they didn't really, like, advertise it that much, I guess. 
But I just feel like we've heard in other canon that, like, people heard these rumors. I don't know. It's just really interesting, though, that, that you think of it, like, how they didn't know about those certain, S like, things. But, anyways, apparently they didn't. Apparently, what's-his-name had and, and no is, idea. We're also making the assumption that that the rebel rebels were only together at one point. Yeah. Like... It was in the original films. It was the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. So these are Rebel cells throughout the galaxy. Yeah, we don't even we don't know that Cara yeah. Dune has has any interaction with. She probably knows of General like Leia or like yeah General Solo, but doesn't. Those are just rumors because even like in the Force Awakens, like Finn knew who Solo was. Yeah. This later, you know what I mean. So it's just really weird, though, that that secret of someone being a Jedi Master, Luke, the one who took down the Empire, doesn't know, like, they haven't heard of someone using the Force. Kind of weird. Yeah. But, I don't know. Cara Dune could have just been focusing on not going to prison or... Yeah. And, well, who knows? And if she, if she didn't really spend time with the main leadership, then... Yeah. Like she's out doing missions all the time, yeah. Then exactly, like we don't know how high ranked she is. Yeah, like we don't know anything. We're just assuming because she's on Alderaan that maybe she could potentially know Leia, but I don't. I feel like she probably. Do, well, maybe she does. I think they're. I think the reason why they said Alderaan is to show like how much hate for yeah. she has for. Yeah, them. it's just to build her character. It was just to build like. That hatred, they maybe not fully thought through the whole plot point of like, well, wouldn't she know about any force using? Because she didn't know any. The um, Ugnan knew some. Like he's yeah. like, I've heard of some rumors, but he never knew the word Jedi. Right. Probably because he knows of someone who was killed by Darth Vader. Yeah. But because he worked for the Empire, but. I just think it was really cool that she knew about it, and she she was the one out of anyone in this whole series to open the the her mouth and say the words Jedi. Yeah, and it's interesting that you know, like we mentioned earlier, the Mandalorian has the option of finding Yoda's people, his home mm-hmm. planet, and if he can't, then when the babies of age can join the Mandalorian creed. I think. Season two is going to be all about him tracking down Yoda's home planet and his yeah. people, and the tr- or at least you know he's going to maybe even just try and discover what happened to his people if he goes to the planet. And there's no one there, yeah, or something like that. And while this is happening, Moff Gideon is going to be tracking down the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and so I I think it's just, it's interesting that like we would have never guessed in a million years that the bounty was Baby Yoda. Never, we would have never that guessed was, that season no. two would be him trying to track down all the home a planet lot of, of baby Yodas. Yeah, which is it's just crazy that this is where the show is going, and we would have never guessed a million years. No, it doesn't feel. It feels so. I don't know. So I, I heard someone was saying like they don't like Yoda because it baby Yoda or the child I should say because it kind of reminds them so much of Jar Jar and like how like it was fun at first, but then get got old really quick. And I'm like, I don't feel like this is getting old. It does feel kind of out of place. Like, yeah. But at the same time, it works. Yeah. And it works really well. 
And, like, you can't go anywhere. Like, I feel bad for all the European people because there's no way that they're not going to know that that was a bounty. You know what I mean? Like, there's Yoda's on everything. Yeah. Like, Baby Yoda's on everything. Like, I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and there was, like, Yoda's, but they made them plushy, small one, smaller because they want to, like, say that it's the child, but they didn't have the child merchandise out yet. So, like, they put it next to all the Mandalorian merch. Yeah. And it's just, like... <laughs> so dumb but it was just so crazy like no one expected including dave filoni and john Favreau, for the child to be that big of a hit yeah it's really crazy and if they did props to them because it worked yep and so then uh in this same scene which we were learning a lot um because yoda baby is a foundling officially and Din Jaren is the caretaker of the foundling. Um, they're a team that they're not. It's no longer a a a, a bounty hunter and its target. Mm-hmm. They're um, a team now, and they're so this a is clan of two. Yep, they're, she says you're a clan of two, and because of this, you have earned your signet, and the signet is the mud horn that he was supposed to get originally. Yep, because in her mind, now that they're a clan, and he. They did it together. They're on the same clan, so yeah. they're in the same viewing point. So. Yeah. So it's just interesting that now they're a team, and he has a signet, and it's just like you know, he's gonna be reminded that they are a team for the rest of his life. Yep. He's gonna, never gonna forget the Yoda baby, like he's probably done with a million other bounties, bounties that yeah. he's encountered. So part of his identity is tied with this baby, which is really cool. I do enjoy that a lot. I think it's really sweet how how she was able still to give him that signet before the end of the series. Yeah. And like um and the the signet is amazing. Like the logo is so cool. Like it's this really cool looking mud horn that doesn't even really look like a mud horn, but it's really cool. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um and she did it so casually, like she was already doing it before they had that conversation about Yeah him using the force like they're already in it they're already like yeah she was building something while they're talking i'm like yeah. what is she doing and then bam it was that yeah so it was really cool and it was really also a very sad moment like it was a very emotional moment when he saw all those helmets yeah like we can't really over skip that part like that was a very emotional moment in the series and like i wouldn't say brought me to tears or anything like that but it was very heartfelt and he was angry and he was sad and you, he never wanted to leave them. Even when they were all leaving, he still said, I want to stay, and she wouldn't let him. Yeah. Like, that was a big conversation. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And so then after this, they decide, okay, we got to keep moving to try and escape. And they go to this lava river. And on a little, it reminded me, for some reason, it reminded me of a lot of episode three on Mustafar. Mm-hmm. It was just like, Obviously, lava is just lava, but like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It though. was just reminding me a lot of that, and um, they get on this little barge thing, and there's this R2 droid that's all covered in like, like it was all dead mm-hmm. underneath like lava or whatever. It looked like there was like lava that went over him yeah, and stuck to him. And then when they entered the the barge and started going down, it wakes up, and like, okay, cool, an R2 droid, and then it gets tall. Yeah, like, what is going on? It was the coolest R two unit I've ever seen in yeah, my life. It was, it was modded with 
long arms and legs, and it was kind of like the IG eleven with the R two body and yeah, head. kind of. <laughs> and it was like the one that would drive these barges and would go where people need them to mm-hmm. bring them. And they're going down this lava in this tunnel, and they see the the light at the end of the tunnel. And of course, the Mandalorian has his this technology in his helmet that can scan everything, and he sees that there's a buttload of stormtroopers at the entrance of the or the exit of the river. And don't skip over Jeremiah, the amazing hand-to-hand combat combat fight scene that the Forger did. Oh yeah, don't so, skip over oh, that. Yeah. That was like oh, the yeah, yeah. best. Hand-to-hand comment that we've got. One of the best hand-to-hand comment we got in this series. Yeah, so she's just, like, meditating in she's the forging She's sitting room. there with, like, two hammers. And it was, like, what, four or five stormtroopers came in and surrounded her. It was, like, six. It was a lot. It was it was a hefty amount. And all she had was her hammer and, like, the little, like, grass Crabbing. Like, grabbing tool. And she just kills them <laughs> and just destroys their armor. Like Those two heads to the... The two hammers to the head where you see, like, yeah. it crack open. And you can yeah. barely, you can almost see a trooper's face. And then the last one, she she hits him on the ground and smashes his head in. Mm-hmm. Like, that was... It was pretty amazing. It was a really cool scene. And that's just with random tools that she used. This thing, yeah. if she had actual Imagine weapons. Imagine she had a gun. But <laughs> in her mind, those are probably her weapons, though. Yeah. You know, those are the tools that she works with the most. Because her character, like, she only had the helmet and, like, maybe a chest plate? I don't even know. Yeah, I can't remember. She didn't really have a lot of armor. Right. But clearly, from all... She she went and got all those... I think she got all that armor from all the dead Mandalorians. Yeah. And she did say that some of them did leave off-world. Yeah, she was hoping, yeah. She was hoping, so. So, we'll probably see her again. Yeah. I was afraid we, she was going to die. But then when she busted that, I'm like, okay, she's good. No one else is going to kill her. Like, she was not meant for us to think that she'd die. Right. So, which I love that. But anyways, yes, going back to they're on the barge. Yep. And the Mandalorian can see through that yep. there's a lot. And now they're they're in panic mode because they're stuck on this barge. Mm-hmm. So they, they're going down out that exit whether they want to or not. Yep. And they have limited resources to take on these, this big giant squad of stormtroopers. And IG-11 is trying to go through his protocols and what he's required to, and he's trying to find a way to find a loophole where he can uh, follow, be faithful to his protocol and also keep the child alive because that's yep. his, his uh, goal. goal. And while he's talking with the Mandalorian, he's like, if you promise me you can take care of this child, then I can sacrifice myself to... To save the baby. Yep. And Din Jaren's like, I can't, I can't let you do that. Blah blah blah. And like, I just, you're sad about this. Like, I'm not sad. <laughs> oh, I'm a nurse droid. I can hear your voice. Like, I can hear that your voice changed. Yeah. It cracked a little bit. So that shows he now doesn't hate every droid now. Like he not sees that droid. they can be, they can actually be trusted. It seems like he's like getting over that whole yeah. thing, which is really cool. It it gave us so much character developed in eight episodes. Yeah. With him, like, we felt that he hated droids. 
Yeah. Like, even last episode, for him to get to this point where in one episode, and it didn't feel rushed right. or sped, it was seriously, like, this is, like, the best television that we've gotten in a long time overall. Like, it's so good. But anyways. Yeah. And so IG-11 still has his manufacture protocol where if he gonna he can't be captured, so he has to self-destruct, which yep. happened in Chapter 1. When he thought he was going to lose, he had to destroy himself. And mm-hmm. So he uses that same protocol. And he, he, I didn't, for some reason, I would never guess that he would have jumped out of the barge and started walking through the lava. Yeah. I just think I never would have thought that was an option because I thought it just would have melted. But apparently his, whatever. I mean, he got pretty close to melting though. Yeah, it was a slow d- destruction of his legs, but, um, I would never guess that. It kind of reminded me of the movie I Robot. Yeah, you were telling me that because the 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 ro- main character robot was created differently, so it could go through like electrical fields or whatever better, wherever it was, so he could do his special task. And this kind of reminded me of that, like jumping into the lava, and not instantly dying. But yeah, I was telling you, what if you would have jumped in a little yeah. bit earlier? Yeah. <laughs> what in a work? Like 30 seconds earlier, he wouldn't have made it out. No. So. <laughs> but he made it out just in time, and then he blew up. Yep. And then and it was a big ex- big explosion, yeah. which is why he had to get out earlier. Because yeah. it's not he would have killed the whole barge, too. Yeah. And so that was... I didn't expect the explosion to be that big. Because I thought it was just going to be like a, a grenade basically just, yeah. just enough to destroy just his like systems a, and a stuff. Bomb. But this was really big and it killed probably, I don't know, I didn't even count, but there's probably at least 20, 30 stormtroopers there. They had a lot of stormtroopers. And it was funny because there was, there was a scout trooper there mm-hmm. with his, that little gun from the, that the same troopers reason at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that guy can't do anything. He's Why, not is gonna him? Why is he even there? <laughs> and so they uh, get out of the, the end of the, the entrance and they're, there, there's no more threat, and then yeah. Moff getting his Tie Fighter comes by and starts shooting at him. And the funny, the funny next funniest part of the episode was Grief Cargo was like, "Get baby, do your hand thing, do your hand thing." Yeah, he's yeah. like waving at the baby, and the baby like starts Wave waving back. Like, Wave back, like, and then Grief's like, "I'm out of ideas." <laughs> it was a really good um, Star Wars joke. Yeah, like that one was good. I liked it a lot. And it was it's like funny. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, the Force Awakens. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. I liked it. And so, oh, and we also forgot um, when he was with the Forger, she gave him a jetpack. Yes. That yeah. was it. Yeah, you also forgot. The, yeah. You forgot a lot of Forger. Well, I was so into this episode, I wasn't <laughs> writing everything down like I normally do. And so she asked, did you ever have training with the Rising Phoenix? He's like, I've been trained, but I don't. I don't own one. Yeah, and she hinted at, like, it was interesting. The more you use it, the more you're going to be in control of it. Like, it's part comes a part of who you are. Yeah, it's like that. there's, like, AI in that jetpack that it's not just, like, yeah. a throw on and you it, can do it. It kind of reminded me of um, the Avatar movie mm-hmm. when, like, they would connect their tentacles together and become one with the animal. and Or each other. Uh, yeah, that was a weird scene. <laughs> But just being able to kind of be connected to the the jetpack where it would obey your command yep. more of a thought rather than like a button or something. Mm-hmm. And so, and she, the 
the forger, she was like, you are not strong enough right now. You got to wait to your full health to start using this, practicing with this again. But at this moment, he had to do he it. He had there's no other option because the uh, tie fighter was gonna come back for a second sleep with and start shooting, mm-hmm. and he times it perfectly where he launches up over it as it's coming through, and then uses his grappling hook thing to tether tether to the to the the thing. It's just flailing around. It was a really cool Dude, scene. I loved it. It was just it was like over the top, but it was still good. Like, it was really good. And he's had two detonators on him. One of them he dropped. Yep. And then he has this last one. And he's able to. Well, he had three. Is that what it was? Yeah, he had three of them. But he put two on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So and she case. also, he also got those two from. He like restocked his yeah. ammo. Yeah. Too. And so yeah, because you're right. Because when he puts them on and he, on, he likes to go. There's there's two of them. It goes to the uh, this. The scanner inside, mm-hmm. and I, I remember seeing that there's two circles that are popped up on the yeah, scanner. Yeah. And Moff getting like, "Oh crap!" He knew right, right away. away, and it blows up, and the it crashes. And the thing is, that crash wasn't a ball of fire, and so mm-hmm. I immediately knew he wasn't dead. No, I did too, and I don't understand why. I mean, it's for a dramatic effect for this show, but like, why didn't why did they think he was just done? Yeah, I would have checked the wreckage. <laughs> like, just go over there and look. Like, what? Yeah. Anyway, so it crashes. He lands like a boss. It looks like it wasn't the Iron most Man. clean landing, but it was. It looked like when Iron Man first used his suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he landed in, and uh, Grief Karga is like, "You're forgiven. You can be part of the guild. You yeah, get the best I love race. You. We'll all forgive you. You saved this town." Yeah. And. And uh, Din Jaren's like, nope, I have a new mission. I have to take care of this child. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to figure out where he's from or whatever. And they go their separate Everyone goes their separate ways. Well, what's her name? Is going to stay there, though? Is she staying? or was Yeah, she said that she's going to stay there around and, and look after to make sure that the Empire... Oh, it seems there's any more remnants hanging yeah. around. And then Grief was like, you can be my was enforcer, enforcer or something. Be like, I think she will work with him. Yeah. Uh, well, and we're gonna we'll stay that for predictions and stuff. But um, but anyways, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and so he uh, then Jaren goes back to the Razor Crest with the other baby. They they um just you know they leave and mm-hmm. um. It was interesting because the the Yoda baby had the necklace of the that he that Dinjarin gave yep. away, and the Yoda baby's like, "Here, here's the back, basically." And like, you you hold on to that, implying that you're you're part of the part the of the now. Part you're of the, the creed, fondling. you're part of this creed if you want to be part of it someday. Yeah. So then Razorcrest leaves, and then it pans over to the wreckage, and I'm like, okay, I was like, all he's gonna do, we're gonna see he's alive, and it's gonna cutscene. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you thought. That's what I thought. You thought we were like, uh, was, we're just gonna see him inside there. He's gonna pop the hatch. He's just gonna jump out. And at least something. Blah blah blah. And blah. then, so then it goes, and we see him burning his way out. I'm like, okay, how does he have something that he can burn out of this? And then when it went to the side angle, and you see the dark saber come out, I knew exactly mm-hmm. what that is. And I, you were, you watched it with me the first time. I jumped up. We were both freaking out. I was freaking out. I'm like, what? I was screaming, cheering. I couldn't, 
I would have never believed in a million years they were going to do a live action Dark Saber. Which, and I was screaming more because of anger because that means they're going to have a live Dark Saber at Galaxy's Edge, and I wasn't able to buy it because it didn't come out yet. I was super pissed off. Yeah, and and I, I that alone adds so much ideas of what could happen in the future. Well, and that it just has opens. so much backstory to Dark Saber, and we got we can't dwell on it too long because we could talk about it for an hour for a Dark Saber. Mm-hmm. But you know the history of the Dark Saber is um, the. The one and only Mandalorian to become a Jedi created this. Mm-hmm. And it's a special lightsaber that was that he had. And when he died, uh, the Jedi kept it in its archives. But then the Mandalorians broke into the archives and stole it back. And it was Clan Visla that mm-hmm. took it. And they it was a symbol of power. And whoever had wielded it would lead Mandalore. Yep. And... There's all this history of that, and uh, previously the leader of Death Watch had that, mm-hmm. and then um, in the Clone Wars, and then in Clone Wars, when Darth Maul comes back, he um, is working with Death Watch, and Darth Maul is like, "No, I want to be in charge," and he ends up dueling um, previously, and Maul Takes it. Maul gets the the dark saber and is technically ruler of Mandalore. And then in Rebels, um, Maul still has it on Dathomir, but Sabine takes it. And, like a boss. Yeah, and just takes it. And um, later in Rebels, we see her training with it because she needs to go back to Mandalore and kind of like reclaim her people because they're kind of like, I kind of forget a little bit how it was, but like one of the Mandalorians was kind of like not leading well, was kind of working with the Empire a little bit or something like that. Yep. And so she fights him and she wins and she keeps it or she wins and then she has the right to be the leader of, of Man- the Mandalorian people. But no, she gives it to Bo-Katan who was kind of like a respected leader of the Mandalorians at that time. And so that's the last time we see it. And so that's a year or two, probably like a year before A New Hope. But now Moff Gideon has it, and we know that there was the Purge. Yep. And so sometime between Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber and Moff Gideon have it at this end of this episode, he, there was the Purge happened. Yeah. And we, it was kind of hinted at throughout the season, the Purge and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was mentioned significantly when he first got all that Baskar from yeah the child, because the big dude was really mad at him for willing to take that from from the empire, the empire was, because like it was what, tainted because or they stole it from the yeah. Mandalorian people. And so I'm excited to hear more about the purge and what it entailed. But we think that uh, Moff Gideon led the attack on during the purge. Mm-hmm. And took over and kept it. T- took the the dark saber, and I I think what's gonna have to happen is at some point in the series, probably maybe not next season, but the Mandalorians are gonna kill Moff Gideon, get the dark saber, and he's gonna end up reuniting Mandalore, and because he has that power, that's 
symbol of power and unit that you can unite the Mandalorians throughout the galaxy. Because I'm sure there's they're still scattered throughout the galaxy. Yeah, it for wasn't, sure. It wasn't just the one. There wasn't group. only one creed. So, so he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have to bring his people. Even if like the last episode of the whole series is him this ple- getting that and pledging to reuniting his people, like that'd be fine. We don't have to see him actually do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm excited for. I, I hope that's that. not in next season. I don't want only two seasons of this show. Oh, there has to be at least three or four seasons of it. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's good. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful ending to season two or season one or yeah. chapter one or whatever. Season one. Book one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just such a good ending to like leave us at such a big cliffhanger. Yeah, and like we were saying in the beginning of this episode, like you and me were freaking out because we know the history of the dark saber, but a lot of people don't. So a lot of people just think it's like really cool, but they also kind of want to know. Yeah, what I what they should have done though in the episode was when Moff Gideon was standing on top of his Tie Fighter holding the dark saber. Yeah, he should have closed it and turned it off. Yeah, so that so, they could have seen that it was a, a lightsaber. A kind of lightsaber, because people could have thought it was just like an electrified really sword or something. sword, yeah. Because it doesn't look like a lightsaber yeah. at all. And so, it's just, I think they could have just closed it just so casual fans or new fans would know, okay, that's a lightsaber. Yep. But, they're supposed to be listening to the Mandalorian podcast on any podcast streaming network. To understand the whole history of the Dark Side. Well, they should be watching Clone Wars well, and Rebels no, too. No, no, no. They should listen I'd rather to you watch that stuff than <laughs> listen to us schmucks with this thing. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I'm excited for the future. Like we said earlier, season two is probably going to be him trying to track down yep. Yoda's home planet or people group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also while this is happening, Moff Gideon is going to be uh, tra- trying to track down Din Jaren. Yeah. So we are just because this was the last episode of season slash book one doesn't mean this is the last episode of the Mandalorian podcast. So we have some other episodes lined up. We're going to do a prediction episode. Um, We I wanted us to sit down and like go over what was our favorite episode overall. Um, We're going to have potential some guests come on and like talk about the show that has helped us through this whole process process potentially as well so we just have a lot of stuff going on so stay tuned um make sure you subscribe so that you can get all those notifications when a new episode goes live we're also going to go over um episode nine the rise of skywalker and that that should be coming out shortly as well and we both wanted to see it one more time we have so we're pretty we're pretty ready to go with that episode so that should be coming out shortly as well um we're we're gonna give you a little time to listen to this episode first and all that stuff but like i said make sure you follow us subscribe to all anywhere you listen to this whatever your favorite podcast streaming app is you can go find us there um go check out our youtube there's also stuff over there and that's the mandalorian pod on youtube so go check us out go follow us on twitter which is mandalorian pod as well um anything else jeremiah i'm trying to think i'm good I'm sad to say that this is the end of that um, season one. I wish there was like at least 10 episodes. But I'm also excited to sit and ponder for the rest of this year and wait for next fall to get it again. Yep. 
So 2020 fall is when they have announced that um, season two will come out, and there should be. Hopefully, we'll get one more Star Wars show in between there. So yeah. So we are have like I said, we have more episodes coming out. So stay tuned. Don't unsubscribe or anything like that. There is going to be more episodes coming out leading up to that very soon. The next week or just soon, we're still going to be here pretty much every week for. For sure, until the end of the year, because that's like next week. But <laughs> a couple, a couple of weeks after that as well, and then we have some other big announcements coming your way. So stay tuned for that. Um, anyways, that's the end. That is chapter eight, the redemption. Redemption. Um, I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. And may the force be with you always.